Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you.
Welcome everybody to the chaos. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Good evening. Thank you for listening to the KIRP radio show, Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. This is last Sunday's with Rock OP. It's a different RP. I thank Pudgy for the opportunity each month to host this show. I deeply appreciate the platform uh, he has given me. I wanted to talk tonight about Trump. I wanted to really approach it from a different aspect as we get into a presidential election year. You know, the media feeds us you know, just tons and tons of information. A lot of it is a uh, distraction, in my opinion. So I, I just I don't want to really approach Trump from a different angle. But to start out with, I'll, throw, uh, I'll play one clip this was from an interview he did with Alice Jones. This, in general, is the way Trump uh, really wants to be perceived. Obviously, very compelling. That's very attractive to voters. The uh, first off, you back up. You think about how many people vote in a presidential election. You normally get a little bit over 50%, and it's less uh, when the president is running. And it's really funny to have everything inverted. We should really put more attention to races that really aren't the presidency, and really races that don't involve federal offices, because 
uh, it's very difficult to change things in D.C. It takes so much money to run uh, the government that's closest to us, uh, county commissioners, uh, state reps, uh, the state house, that is state senate. We have a far greater chance, sheriffs, we have a far greater chance to influence those races and those people. But I digress. Trump's, uh, Trump's selling points are obviously very popular. It's easy to talk about the corruption of the Republican Party and their failure always to deliver. And of course, both parties do that. But right now, there is a Republican majority in the House and the Senate. And of course, the Republicans that ran last time, two years ago, for the House and the Senate ran, by and large, uh, promising to get rid of Obamacare, which hasn't happened, as Trump pointed out. So I think Trump's appeal is rather simple to explain. He is a true outsider. Uh, the gentleman is rich. He's a true outsider. He's never held any position. Uh, ben Carson is running as such, but he's essentially regurgitating a lot of the Republican talking points. Uh, he's not talking anything near with uh, Trump's level of intensity about the border. If we talk about the border again, that makes Trump extremely popular because people see the rank hypocrisy. In other words, after 9-11, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, um, they're just really slowly transforming the United States into a domestic police state. You go to travel, I mean travel restrictions, that's classic authoritarianism. You go to the airport and they shake you down sometimes literally. If you don't get patted down and hit the naked body scanners, now they're talking about making naked body scanners mandatory. Uh, naked, naked body scanners don't work. It's uh, it's theater, but it's designed to break the will of the American people. So people left, right, center, and again, more and more, the independent votes are growing. Voters are growing because they see, of those who do vote, they see you know, the rank hypocrisy and the futility of most of the two-party system. And when I say that, when I make that type of blanket statement, of course, there are honest Republicans, there are honest Democrats. But at the top, obviously, the party apparatus is controlled. This is why we virtually see nothing you know, substantially change. You may remember uh, Barry Satoro, also known as Barack Hussein Obama, ran promising to close Guantanamo Bay, uh, promising to end the wars, the illegal wars in the Middle East. Uh, none of that has happened. You could say the U.S. pulled out of Iraq, and what do we have now? We have ISIS, which is largely uh, funded and controlled by the U.S., by NATO, by Turkey, by Saudi Arabia. So, but once again, I digress. Trump's uh, Trump's appeal, uh, the common sense, why should we be treated uh, like prisoners in our airports? Why should that happen when uh, <laughs> we have the borders still open with Mexico? I've said before, I'll say it again, the war on terror is a colossal hoax. If, if the war on terror was real, the first thing that would have been done after 9-11 is the United States would secure our borders. That still hasn't happened. And the American people have grown weary of the blatant lying and hypocrisy of both parties, particularly the Republicans, particularly the Republicans. If you remember George W. Bush, all right, uh, you might remember the weapons of mass destruction that were never found in Iraq, but you probably uh, remember that he wanted amnesty. He did. He wanted amnesty. Uh, that was being pushed at the time by John McCain, Lindsey Graham, two Republicans, are still in the Senate, and Edward Kennedy, a Democrat who's deceased. 
and there were others, but but there there were some of the heads of of that amnesty plan that got killed. That was stopped to a large degree by Republican Jeff Sessions from Alabama. Senator Sessions largely stopped that. Others did, but he spearheaded the effort. Now, the American people see this blatant line hypocrisy. They know it's humiliating to be treated like we're we're guilty before innocent when we travel. The borders open, and we know under Obama. Yeah, it has just it has continued. It's, it's accelerated. He's had limited executive. He's used uh, granted limited amnesty by executive order for some illegals. Uh, the states, a lot of the states, their will has been broken. California finally granted driver's licenses to illegals. Now Obama is going to start to encourage the people, the illegal aliens in California, to become full citizens. Uh, we it was well publicized how people were being bused, they'd hit the border, and they were being bused, they were being relocated to cities across America. That's happening now with Muslims, and obviously Trump has addressed the Muslim issue too. too. So Trump's Trump's appeal is really simple. A lot of people, it's difficult for people that are in office now, including uh, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul, it's really difficult for them to run as outsiders when they've been in the Senate and they've really produced next to nothing. It's, it's extremely difficult. And, of course, you know, both, uh, Cruz has been on both sides with uh, closing the border. Both Rand and uh, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz believe that the U.S. needs more foreign workers, which you know, Trump has rightly uh, criticized as insane. So it's easy to understand that appeal of Trump because that makes a lot of sense to people. It It, it really does. Why should we suffer? Why should we be, uh, as Americans, why should we be declared guilty until we're proven innocent when the border remains open? And people in both parties refuse to secure the border, and they still talk. You see here Marco Rubio still use the phrase comprehensive immigration reform, which is always a key word for amnesty. So the lie they've told us for years after 9-11 till now is that they really want to secure the border, but they can't do it unless there's some form of amnesty. Uh, it, uh, it it can't be done unless there's some form of amnesty. Trump has really tapped into a nerve with the American people by saying that that's outrageous. And he talks about deportation, too, which is good. And by deportation, we would not have to make the United States uh, for we wouldn't have to accelerate the police state. Not at all. Alabama passed a law that said if you're using a government school in Alabama, popularly known as public school, government school in Alabama, you would have to prove citizenship. Okay. And the illegals, illegal aliens, self-deported, very peaceful, uh, very peaceful. So that's all, things like that, that's all you really have to do. You have to remove the incentives. Now, for example, uh, you could easily pass a federal law. You could say you can't open up a bank account with a matriculate consular card. You can't open up a bank account in Mexico with a matriculate consular card. That That's a card that means nothing that you get at one of the 50-odd Mexican consulates. But you can't open up a bank account in Mexico. Why should you be able to do that in the States? So there's many measures that can be done to stop this. But bull and power don't. I mean, and the American people, once again, have grown weary of this blatant hypocrisy and lying about the border, and, and also the people have grown weary about the nonsense of the United States needing foreign workers in this economy. We're technically, we're at great level 
uh, Great Depression level uh, unemployment. We're at Great Depression level unemployment. The economists would say um, unemployment during the height of the Great Depression in the 30s was between 20 and 25 percent. We're there. You could go to a site called shadowstats.com, shadowstats.com. And when you factor in the people that have given up that are unemployed, magically, it's, 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 it's mystical. The U.S. government just says, well, they're not unemployed because they're not looking for a job, so they don't count. They don't exist. When you factor those people in, it's over 20% unemployment. And people know that. And again, Trump, Trump is really the only person that's, that's talking America first. Initially, I thought Trump was complete fraud. The uh, the talking points floated by both parties, particularly Republicans, is that Trump was a sideshow freak. Uh, he was a clown. And I essentially believe that because the way the two-party system works is they create the illusion of choice. They create the illusion of choice. In other words, in particularly with, I mean, with most races, particularly in D.C., uh, yes, Senate, Congressman comes down to a general election. They basically give us the same package with a you know, different style. That, that's what it comes down to. Uh, if you believe, for example, if Willard Mitt Romney, if you believe he was elected, that he would have been substantially different than Barack Hussein Obama, there's that bridge that connects Manhattan, Manhattan Island to Brooklyn. I would like to sell you. I'd give you a great price. Uh, it's the illusion of choice. Now, I, I just I interpret Trump initially as just another part of this of the deception that the elite uses against the people. In other words, you want to basically further lead the Tea Party astray. You create someone you you, you set up a candidate is going to say things that will be wildly popular. And when I when I use that phrase wildly popular, Democrats, okay, they they've done polls that just show how breathtaking Trump's lead is. Democrats are going to vote for Trump in the primary. Good number of Democrats are going to do it. Okay. I'm not saying it's a majority, but a good number. There's no one that comes that comes close who's running for president other than Trump, who's generating that level of interest. And uh, j- just as an illustration, Trump was in Raleigh now so almost two months ago. I think it was around December 4th. And I went. I didn't go to hear him. He'd obviously get the video immediately. But I wanted to see the demographics, in other words. I wanted to see who was showing up to listen to Donald Trump. And when I was there, I saw Thornton Arena Halls in Raleigh, about 9,000 people. There was capacity, it was over that. It was easily 10, I heard, up to 14,000. I don't know, but it was at least 10,000 people. And half of those people were under 30. Half of the people that showed up in that crowd was under 30. This is this is a, democratic, a demographic nightmare to you know, the existing political establishment, because no one else, again, is, is polling any, anywhere near that. No one could generate that interest among people that normally aren't voting in large numbers. Ron Paul drew out, you know, he drew some big crowds and a lot of young voters, but still wasn't at the same level. You know, it was, still wasn't the same numbers that Trump had. It's, it's, it was nowhere near that. So that, in general, I think that explains the uh, the Trump phenomena. And I'd say at this point, it would appear that Trump is real. How do, how do you define real? I mean, how do you define real? Trump is fond of saying that uh, yeah, he had basically paid off politicians to get deals done. So now that he's, you know, so that explains you know, why he basically would support whomever. Uh, there's some great pictures at one of his weddings. He's been married three times. I think it was his most recent uh, wife, most recent wedding. Where uh, Hillary and Bill, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton were there, 
as were a lot of other people, including Rosie O'Donnell, who he no longer uh, speaks too highly of. But uh, this is Trump's brashness and is, is uh, as bad as that sounds, it does make perfect sense. If you're doing business, particularly in New York, apart from being part of the establishment, it's just nothing Nothing is going to uh, nothing is going to get done. So uh, how, that's the way I'd say Trump is real, in the sense that uh, what's real mean? Real means that someone isn't controlled by the powers that be. Someone is controlled by the powers that be. You, you may remember the, uh, and, and that's why I think a part of his appeal is too, is that even if you disagree, and I don't think anyone, including Trump himself could defend everything he's ever said or done. He may try to, but he knows. Yeah, some of the things he said he said particularly, yeah, it's it's, it's been it just hasn't been good <laughs> over the years. And obviously he's been a public person for a long time, so they could go they could go you know, a ways back. But people appreciate the fact that when he's talking, it it is real, in other words, everyone else appears that they're polished to the point that they're reading a script. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just it, they, they just all all seem completely synthetic. They're just reading a script. Not so with Trump. So that also explains part of the mass appeal that even when you disagree with things he says, uh, he appears that it's genuine. It, it's not it's not scripted. Uh, he he's not just functioning. He's not playing a role, uh, as as is the case I think with everybody else in uh, in the race. Case in point. Uh, case in point, you go back to the first. Uh, you go back to the first debate that was uh, back in August, and you might remember that Trump refused at that point to say he would support whoever gets the nomination, and that was that was pretty interesting. This is around two minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna play that clip. On Okay. 
really fascinating to me. Rand Paul is the one who then said, tried to call out Trump and tried to demonize him. Uh, he tried to, uh, good English words, excoriate him for saying, this is the only person up here who won't do that. And when you think about where Rand came from, I mean, that was that was a terribly disgusting thing to do. I mean, that was a horrifically bad thing to do. Who's Rand Paul? Rand Paul is only in office because of his last name. Uh, he's Ron Paul's son. And Ron Paul, if you remember, did not endorse Willard, Willard Mitt Romney. Uh, Ron Paul did not endorse John McCain. Uh, Ron Paul endorsed uh, Chuck Baldwin uh, <laughs> of the Constitution Party. Uh, that was back. That was back in two thousand. Uh, that two thousand four. Uh, he endorsed Chuck Baldwin, and <laughs> so it's it's really crazy when you hear this type of thing from from Rand Paul that he of all people to say that, and it, it's it's just totally totally disrespectful to his father. But it gets worse. Rand Paul then impugn, he impugns Trump's motives. Says, well, he might be working. For he might be one for the Clintons, so Rand Paul took the pledge he would he would support whoever whoever got you know whoever won the nomination. Of course, Trump did did uh, Trump did, did eventually do that. Uh, Trump Trump did did sign that pledge himself. So, uh, uh, and uh, let me play one more clip here because this is interesting. That was back in August in the first debate. I'm going to play one more clip, and then I think uh, I think Pudgy's here, which will be very good. But uh, I'm going to play this clip going back to see what happened. Now, think about it. Rand Paul calls out Donald Trump because he wouldn't, at that time, endorse whoever won the nomination. Then, 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 then Trump did. So in this quote, that was back in August, the first debate. Now, this quote is, is from uh, October 22nd. Rand Paul was interviewed by Newsmax. And listen, listen to what he says. This is why it's such a disaster and why Donald Trump would be probably the largest loser of any candidate ever in the history of the country if he were our nominee because he so polarized the debate that do you think women are going to nominate some guy who judges people by their appearance and calls you know, another uh, candidate ugly? Do you think they're going to nominate somebody who implies that most Hispanics are rapists and drug dealers and, oh, yeah, there might be a few of them that are not? You know, that kind of attitude is such and so polarizing that we get we get just swamped in a landslide. Ultimately, people are going to wake up, I think, and see the majority of Republicans will wake up and see, oh, my goodness, we can't nominate this. This would be a disaster for our party and for the country. Is he then, in your opinion, the single most dangerous thing that could happen not only to the Republican Party but to America? He's the worst nominee that we could possibly think of. And uh, part of the reason is, is he's not really a Republican. I mean, he's recently become a Republican, but he's been a Democrat for most of his life. For 65 of his 69 years, he was a Democrat. For 65 of his 69 years, he supported liberal policies, bailing out banks, the government stimulus where we borrow money and just throw it away. He also supports using eminent domain to take private property from individual property owners, small property owners, and get to big corporations like his. He actually tried to take the house of a woman for a parking lot for one of his casinos. This is his mode of doing business, and he's jolly well with it. He's like, he loves it. Newsmax TV is everywhere. 
Right. A lot. A lot of what Rand Paul said was false. He is right on eminent domain. Yet that that's a horrifically bad thing that Trump supports. In other words, eminent domain traditionally was interpreted as if there was a public need for land and ores, a public road, then then a level of government would be able to you know take someone's property, you know, give them fair market value, and that was interpreted by supreme reinterpreted by a Supreme Court decision, radical reinterpretation. I think it was Keller versus. Uh, versus Connecticut, where they said if a developer could get could generate more tax money with your land, then he could take it. So that, that was horrifically bad. But uh, do, do you see the bait and switch there with Rand? He excoriates, he tries to demonize Trump in the first debate by saying you will not you will not pledge to support whoever's going to win. The the polls are overwhelmingly showing Trump's in the lead, and he says Hillary would be a better choice than Trump. And this is part of the reason why Rand's campaign's gone nowhere. It's just rank hypocrisy. And again, aside the fact of you know what his dad did, his dad ran as a libertarian candidate in 1988, and I respect Ron Paul for that because Ron Paul always ran as principal over party. But I think uh, I think Pudgy is somewhere to be heard. Maybe not. Hey, Ronald, can you hear me? Yes, I can, sir. Good to hear you. Hello? I can hear you. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Good, good. Much better than I deserve. How are you? Doing good. I was trying to take a quiet space, man. I had a lot going on in the background. but um, Donald Trump, man, I I, I hear what you're saying, brother. I I hear you, man. I'm still... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think the jury's still out. I mean, I, I I don't believe Donald Trump is the guy for president of the United States. Um, to me, someone as wealthy and and you know me, I'm a capitalist. You know, I don't right. I don't hate anybody for the money they make. I don't think there should be limitations on money that people can make and all the liberal nonsense. I'm not that guy. Uh, but when you have someone who's a part of the 1%, um, a part of the elite, you know, a part of the, 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 the puppet master crew, if you will, you know, the guy who who has used his, his money and influence uh, to weigh down on politicians from behind the scenes. When you have a guy like that and from that world, I don't know if they're able to uh, de- enough to be the president of the United States. Like, for example, do you think someone like Donald Trump uh, has enough integrity to legislate against the people who has helped him become as wealthy as he is? Yeah, I, I think he does. He he kind of he he addressed that on the Alex on uh, the Alex Jones interview, and that in and of itself. Was amazing. I'm glad you said because that that that's a very logical question. That, yeah, that's a very rational objection, and this is the way I think it shakes down with Trump. He he has been establishment, and if it was all just about him, still with the money, he would continue doing what he's doing, and that's making deals and just yeah, basically supporting yeah, yeah, giving money to both sides. Uh, but I think the fact. That he's he's not just that he's running, but that he says the things that he said again. It infuriates the establishment to no end 
that he just again exposes the rank hypocrisy about about the border and the jobs that that, that infuriates them because you, you know brother I mean we've talked about it they they lie to us so intensely uh, Bush mm-hmm. lied to us Obama lies to us and the American people are dumb but we're not that dumb in other words they keep on saying yeah yeah we're going we're going to fix the border we're going to fix the border and they throw around the number they'll say there there's 12 or 13 million illegals let's try 30 million okay easily 30 million and then they don't yeah. fix the anchor bag anchor, anchor baby problem so they know they're destroying the country they know they're undermining the middle class so if trump was fake i think he'd run as basically establishment light he wouldn't be saying this radical stuff at all and you go back to talking points, the interplay with Rand Paul. Rand Paul right now, he's he's running for Senate at the same time he's running for president. And right, I don't criticize him for that. I don't criticize him for that at all. Uh, but you know, his state lets him do that. But in Kentucky, there is no Republican primary challenger to Rand Paul. What does that tell you? He's owned. Okay, He's owned. When Walter Jones of our state, who's a patriot, when he runs, every time they find at least one person, if not several, to primary him because they hate Walter Jones. Okay, The establishment clearly hates Donald Trump. Uh, the initial talking points against him were, you know, he, he's a sideshow freak, he's a carnival act. Now that the numbers are overwhelming, they have to try and create this illusion yeah, and the talking points aren't working that, yeah, he can't win a general election. No, no, not only will he, would he win if they don't steal from him, he will destroy Hillary if she's not in jail or Bernie Sanders. He will destroy them, and they know that. Uh, they know that. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, the guy has beyond a checkered past. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it goes back to the fact that what he's doing is that this makes – if he's fake – it really it makes little sense. Again, it could be that deep where this is just another rabbit trail. They're just they're just doing this to further sabotage and, and suck life out of the Tea Party. But they know the demographics are huge on this. They know a lot of young people are going to vote that aren't voting. They know Democrats are going to vote in a Republican primary. So uh, it it seems again that he's real. You, t- you think about Alex Jones. Okay, this is a guy that sells T-shirts that say 9/11 is an inside job. There's only a few people in the country in office that will go on that show. One happens to be Walter Jones. Trump went on that show. If he was fake, there's no, there's nothing he could gain from that, again, going on that show if he was fake. So mm-hmm. he continues to just n- not only defy but infuriate the establishment because in all, it, it just seems to him it's just about the message, about getting things done. Uh yeah, he he could still be. It could in the end. It could still be that he's owned. Maybe it is just about power. But like I said, if it was, I think he would have packaged himself different. And that's why I said, if he, I think that's part of the appeal again. If, you may disagree, and I certainly disagree with a lot of what he said. But no one could really contest the fact that uh, he's. It's not scripted. I definitely don't believe it's scripted. Yeah, I, I have a hard time with with this right in the. Where we are in the world, and and I mean this is code red, right? I don't realize yeah. it, but we're, we're in we're we're past code red. Um, when I talk to people I know uh, in Washington, and it's been around you know since the sixties, seventies, just talking about which is one of my high concerns for. Um, we're in a state of array. I mean, it's we're all over the place. And it's, and it's kind of like dodgeball. So when you look at 
the, the, the financial aspect uh, of of the state of America. Um, if, if you look at foreign diplomacy, you put those two things together, not to mention the, the state of which our, our social uh, um, wellness is in this, this country. When you look at those three things and then you throw someone like Donald Trump specifically at those three things, I'm not hearing that he's the type of guy that could responsibly, I'm not saying he couldn't do the job, but I'm not hearing him being the responsible adversary for foreign diplomacy, uh, the financial woes in America, considering what's at stake and the social problems that we have uh, going forward. I I think he's someone that could address these issues. I don't doubt that. I think he's someone that could, could give us an emotional pickup you know, I also don't doubt that he's definitely a cheerleader for right. You know, I, I think that he could be a guy that could, you know, get people riled up. But, you know, one thing that I always talk about, you know, when people come in to speak different places, and even when I go different places and talk to folks, I always say, you know, what comes next? If we don't have a plan on what comes next, we're really in trouble. And when I listen to Donald Trump, I listen to a guy who's highly intelligent, even though, even though he doesn't display it on his campaign trail. That's all. That, that's all uh, uh, fanatical and cheerleading and rah-rah. But when I look at his <laughs> resume, I look at a guy who, who's highly intelligent because there's no stupid billionaires out here. That, let's just face it. That's just reality. So I, I look at a guy who understands finance, who knows business uh, inside and out, who knows the insiders in business and know how to move. I think he can move America forward in terms of business. I, I definitely understand that. But I don't see someone who's – who's quoting uh, the things, the, the great things, by the way, that I've read on his website in terms of his plans. Um, I don't believe Donald Trump knows his talking points as far as what's on his website uh, in accordance to legislation. I, I don't think he knows it verbatim. I think, you know, possibly he'd hired, he's hired the best people to write it and, and to put it up, and, and when you go to read it, it makes perfect sense. Um, and, and and to some degree, you know, that's what a leader is to some degree. You know, that's in, in a business, you want someone that could hire the best people to get the best job done for, for everyone. Uh, but we're talking about leader of the free world. You know, this is not someone that, that we need that can only hire the right people. You know, we need that person who's in charge of America knowing uh, what's going on inside and out. Uh, far above the legislators that they might hire to write their policy. No, no, no doubt. I, I, my, I, I guess I, I say a couple of things in response. Uh, the people again that are in office now, the only other true outsider being Ben Carson, and Ben Carson, you know, has talked about uh, you know basically getting a biochip with your medical records. Uh, yeah. Ben Carson wants to you know expand the war on drugs. Uh, ben Carson believes in forced inoculation. I mean, he's a nightmare. Yeah, he's 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 a nightmare. And there's a guy who's, who's super intelligent, but yeah, he's just he's just another uh, tool of the establishment. Everyone, I wouldn't I say think, nightmare on Ben Carson. Now, I, I wouldn't go that far. I think I think he's someone. He, he you know, when you meet people that are that intelligent, it's hard for them to explain their position on everyone's level. You know how it is when you're talking to a multimillionaire. You yeah, can hold yeah. that. And I, and I said this before. You know, when you're talking to these guys and they ask you how you're doing, and, and I know quite a few, and, and there's some great people. Not everybody's evil who has money, right? But, you know, when you're talking yeah. to these guys, 
their problems and their issues and their world is so big on what in terms of what they have going on and, and what they need to do. You know, when when you look into their world or, or when they ask you what's going on inside of your world, it almost comes across as they don't care, but uh, uh, oftentimes they can't get on your level. You know, it's, it's, it's well, like talking to a homeless right, person who sucks, you know. If you have socks and you got a lot of money, you're not thinking socks is a big deal. You give them a pair of socks and you go away. But yeah. the truth of the matter is there's a big an is, bigger issue why that person needs socks. You know, so I, I think Ben Carson is that guy who could sit down. If you sat down with him, he could explain his position. But you're right. It sounds, you know, uh, ludicrous. It, it sounds crazy. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. The yeah, for, saying, you know, force so, inoculate, yeah. Forced inoculation. Yeah. I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't own your body. And it's funny because he talks about – and it was his own, when I first saw it, I thought it was fake. And then it was his own video he put out when he talked yeah. about basically bio, giving everyone a biochip with their medical information. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know. If, like, if that's, you that's not the, the America video, I want to live in. <laughs> well, well, in the old HB 3200, I mean, that that's already a reality in America, unfortunately. Right. Which, which is right. why right. I felt like we needed to repeal Obamacare. If you right. read up to page 1300 or 1200, uh, no, 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 like 1250 to 1300, somewhere yeah. around there in HP 3200 before they changed it. You know, right. that's what they were talking about. That That's a yeah, reality. You're right. now you're right. Obamacare. you're absolutely right. They had that in an earlier, earlier version, and then and then they ditched it. But but that, that's yeah, ultimately the goal. But, but, but getting back to Trump, I, all these people, again, that are there, I see no credibility, particularly those who are in office now, Rubio, Paul Cruz. I just think, you know, what they've delivered is is basically next to nothing. Uh, the other thing with Trump is that he's interesting when you get into foreign policy. This came out in the Alice Jones interview. He was against the war in Iraq. Uh, he had put that in a book and stuff. He, he said it's going to be a total disaster. So he's basically, he doesn't use the phrase non-interventionist, but uh, he, he said things, too, about about the whole deal going on with Syria. He says, you know, why hasn't the U.S., Bombed. We know the U.S. says they're against ISIS. You know why haven't we bombed these trucks that are rolling around with with the oil that they're stealing from from Iraq? And yeah, obviously Turkey, which is NATO ally, they were facilitating this. The first thing the Russians did within like a week, they destroyed I don't know 50 of them or 100. So, uh, like you said, he he is smarter than he would let on. So to me. It goes back to control again. This is this is a quote. I think I've, I've shared this on on the uh, on the program already. There's there's a book that was written, published in 1966, Tragedy and Hope: History of the World in Our Time, written by a guy named Carol Quigley. Quigley was a historian, uh, one of Bill Clinton's mentors. He wrote tons of books. You can get Tragedy and Hope online and, and for free as a PDF. It's a massive book. It's over I think 1,300 pages, and uh, this is what he said about the two party system. And this is back in '66. The argument that the two parties should represent opposed ideals and policies, one perhaps of the right and the other of the left, is a foolish idea acceptable only to the doctrinaire and academic thinkers. Instead, the two parties should be almost identical so that the American people can throw the rascals out at any election without leading to any profound or extreme shifts in policy. And this is this is, you know, what it's been after World War Two, you know, I've talked about this on the show a little bit. They passed all these laws, the National Security Act. That's when they made the CIA permanent. They made the Joint Chiefs of Staff permanent. They made the Department of War a permanent institution. They changed the name of the Department of Defense. So the U.S., the Office of the U.S. Presidency has really been transformed to a dictatorship. So they really can't have anyone that 
that isn't being controlled by the power elite, which is beyond the 1%. That would be like the point zero 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 one percent They can't have anyone who has controlled. I think the last real president in that sense was Kennedy. In other words, by real, I mean the last president that didn't do exactly what he was told was JFK, and we know how that ended. So I think Trump, Trump is real once again in the sense that in spite of those flaws, which are real, uh, he isn't Going to, he basically isn't controlled by them, but by those people, and that's why it's going to get real interesting uh, because the numbers, the numbers are pretty clear. You can only steal an election. We both know voter fraud is real. I mean, Ron Paul won Iowa four years ago. Okay, let's say he, he won. He won Iowa. He didn't make an issue of it. Voter fraud is real. But the only way you can get uh, you, you get away with it is when it's close. If Trump has a double digit lead in like New Hampshire and South Carolina, they can't steal all those states. So they've got a real problem on their hands for how they how to get rid of the guy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Rocco, and, and this is as, this is as real as it gets. Um, we're getting ready to see something. I believe personally. I think we're we're about to see something that we've never seen before when it when it when it comes up to general because I don't believe Donald Trump will go away. And that's gonna no. be a problem for a lot of establishment people. Now I'm somewhere in the middle. You you know me, I'm not a I'm not a registered sure. Republican anymore. I'm a registered independent and, and that's the way that I think, but I believe we're gonna we're gonna see a divide, uh kinda like what we almost saw uh last election. Um, I think there's a narrative that's going to be playing, and, and a lot of people are alluding to it right now, to you know, like you and I both know, the third-party deal. Um, the two-party system right now under Donald Trump, which I will give him the utmost respect and props for, are, is being destroyed. And, you know, people can go on. It's on record. You can look at me. Five, six years ago, I was telling people that this would happen. Independent is the way. Hashtag independence is the way. Look for it. It's out there. And here we are. So the, the the most interesting thing is going to be what happens again. Like I said earlier, what happens next uh, after this quote unquote third party deal? I won't say a third party is coming, but this third party type movement uh, happens. So it's going to be it's going to be quite interesting, interesting to see what what goes on, what transpires from this. Yeah, it's it's real funny because remember what happened. One of the ways the uh, the uh, Republican National Committee disenfranchised Ron Paul four years ago is that they illegally changed the rules midstream. Yeah. Because <laughs> they wanted to keep, they wanted to make sure any you know, the delegates were all tethered at the convention. They didn't even let Ron Paul speak, which is very disrespectful at the convention. He, he earned the right to. But by doing that, that's really strengthened Trump now for this reason. They basically yeah. have, with most states, when they go in, it's all or nothing. So, like, if Trump wins North Carolina by two percentage points, all those delegates are bound to vote for Trump at the at the convention. Now, yeah. the Republicans, just like the Democrats, they're notorious. I mean, the people that run the party apparatus, not Republican voters, Democratic voters, as I said before. I think rank and file in both parties, the people are honest, but you know we get <laughs> people get deceived by the people at the top because the the people continue voting based upon party loyalty, it never works because, I mean, it's really self-defeat to think, okay, well, I'm going to vote for my party scumbag because my party scumbag isn't as bad as your party <laughs> scumbag. But but in any case, I mean, that's really the two-party system in, in a nutshell. But in any case, if because of the changes that they made to, to basically reinforce Romney, that's going to come back to bite them. So Trump creates a real problem. Like I said, the numbers, the numbers are overwhelming. Like I said before, Democrats are going to vote in the primary uh, for Trump. Uh, this really hasn't happened since Reagan. 
So it's going to be very interesting. What what will they do to someone who is not on the leash? <laughs> let me let me let me ask you this right here, and then I gotta I gotta eat my dinner here. Kids are okay. waiting on me. But okay. what uh what what's your prediction uh, on the election? What what's your prediction right now based on what's going on now? Based on what you know and in the numbers and your feelings, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to try. They're going to try and destroy Trump. Uh, the talking point that Rand Paul and others have circulated is that you know Trump is so horrible, so that the people will realize they'll they'll, they'll cluster around one candidate. So the guy the establishment wants is Marco Rubio. Most of uh, the corrupt Republican establishment in North Carolina, for example, has endorsed Rubio. They know Jeb Bush isn't going anywhere. So Rubio, again, is the same form and function as Jeb, but he's a younger guy. He's Latino, so he creates the illusion that you know, he's not corrupt to the core. So that's who they want. Uh, I can't see Rubio winning outright. Uh, he's far too tainted, particularly on immigration. Uh, they take Cruz again. Cruz, they, they like Cruz, but I don't see Cruz taking it either. Uh, it's yeah, the evangelicals. The evangelical vote is divided. You know, Cruz declared at Liberty University. You probably remember that. But all yeah. the evangelicals aren't going his way. So, if they don't steal it, and they're going to try. I, I say Trump wins. Wins it outright. So then, uh, very interesting things would happen if he does. If they let him sit in that chair, what can they do? Well, expect uh, expect something horrifically bad to happen in the states, and yeah, they'll blame him. It'll, it'll make no sense. But like, let's say, let's say, God forbid, Trump wins, and then a, a, a briefcase nuke or a suitcase nuke goes off in Chicago. They're going to say, no, "Oh, no. this is because Trump wanted to ban Muslim immigration." It's like, oh no, it has nothing to do with Bush. Bombing Muslim countries for eight years. No, Obama bombing Muslim countries for eight years. Oh no, it'll be Trump's statement. No, nah, that that'll be it. And yeah, a lot of people will believe that. <laughs> That's, yo, man, you just said the realest thing in the world. You know, George Bush bombed Muslim countries for eight years. No, let's go back. Let's say sixteen years. Let's keep it funky, right? Let's go yeah. back to Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. Really, we'll yep. tell the real truth about it because we allowed Saddam to do it for years, and we backed yep. it secretly, privately, but. So yep. Let's go back 16 oh, yeah. years and talk about yep. how Muslim countries were bombed, and then Obama bombed them for eight yep. years as well. And now all of a sudden, someone like Donald Trump comes along and says what everybody's thinking. And yep. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, but he says what everybody's thinking. And it's yep. his fault that Muslims are attacking Americans in the name of Sharia law, which is the truth of what's going on. So listen, man, shout out to you, brother. Thanks for having me on. Shout out to everybody out there. You will definitely be IG in my book. People are loving your show, Rocco. Keep doing Thank this, you. man, and hopefully we can get some Rocco P live in there and get some live footage of you, brother. I appreciate everything you do, man. All right, my friend. All right, later. Take care. In the first debate, uh, this was a classic exchange between Trump and Megyn Kelly, and this illustrates again part of Trump's uh, part of Trump's popular appeal. Why? Why so many people are uh, again cash a vote for him? Mr. Trump. One of the things people love about you is you speak your mind and you don't use a politician's filter. However, that is not without its downsides, in particular when it comes to women. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account... Only Rosie O'Donnell.
on Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, I'm sure it was. Your Twitter account has several disparaging comments about women's looks. You once told a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice it would be a pretty picture to see her on her knees. Does that sound to you like the temperament of a man we should elect as president? And how will you answer the charge from Hillary Clinton, who is likely to be the Democratic nominee, that you are part of the war on women? I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. I've been, I've been challenged by so many people, and I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. And to be honest with you, this country doesn't have time either. This country is in big trouble. We don't win anymore. We lose to China. We lose to Mexico, both in trade and at the border. We lose to everybody. And frankly, what I say, and oftentimes it's fun, it's kidding, we have a good time. What I say is what I say. And honestly, Megan, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I've been very nice to you, although I could probably maybe not be based on the way you have treated me, but I wouldn't do that. But you know what? We, we need strength, we need energy, we need quickness, and we need brain in this country to turn it around. That I can tell you right now. You, th you, think, about, you think about that exchange. Okay. You think about that exchange, and Megyn Kelly uh, yeah, mentioned some things that Trump had said, and I remember Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, I'm sure it was others, too. And again, yeah, he, he wasn't a candidate. I wouldn't defend his, his idiocy and his, his lack of respect. But in the context of running for president, she's trying to make this a national issue, and she says, "Well, then, uh, when we talk about the war on woman and Hillary Clinton, yeah, yeah, this is going, yeah, this is going to be horrible." It's like, first off, the war on woman is a complete construct of cultural Marxist or political correctness. Complete construct. There is no war on woman in the United States. There is a war on woman in Muslim countries. Okay, you go to Saudi Arabia, woman can't drive. They have honor killings. Yeah, yeah. There's a real war on women in Muslim-dominated countries, by and large, particularly those that practice Sharia law. There's no war on women in the United States. And furthermore, it gets beyond absurd if you talk about anyone, even Donald Trump, running against Hillary Clinton. Aside from the fact Hillary should be in jail, Hillary Clinton. This is this is a woman who, whose husband literally raped women. Okay, you look up, you could do the research on Juanita Broderick and others. This is, Bill Clinton was literally a rapist. He, he settled out of court with Paula Jones. This is a guy who's literally a rapist. And Hillary, Hillary enabled him and helped threaten people. There's a guy that worked for, uh, he worked for Trump and a couple other people, Stone. I think it's Roger Stone. And he just wrote a book about that. He's bringing it back up. So, and Trump has already dropped those points. He's made that a national story again that Hillary Clinton has zero credibility saying she's a champion of women's rights. See, this is part of the mind control. This is part of the mind control. Is that, and people have told me this, sad to say. I've talked to some women. It's like, well, I'm going to vote for Hillary. It doesn't matter that the emails were illegal. She should be in jail. It doesn't matter. Is that she's a woman. It's like, okay, this is really sad because you're saying only a woman is going to defend women's rights. And her track record, again, is beyond atrocious. It's horrifically bad when she's enabled to rape his husband to not go to jail. 
<laughs> Again, it's a matter of public record. Uh, yeah, Bill Clinton said that, of course, Paula Jones. Yeah, he's a disgusting human being. So, yeah, Trump has said some disgusting things, but he's not a rapist like Hillary Clinton's husband, okay? So for Megyn Kelly to say that, again, this is this is part of the reason why Trump is popular, because he identifies the political correctness as profoundly stupid and saying he doesn't have time for it, and the country doesn't have time for it, and people see through that. Okay, people see that, yeah, there's going to be a certain percentage of people, if, Hillary, if Hillary's on the ballot, if she's not in jail, yes, there are sad to say, going to be a certain percentage of people going to vote for her just because she's a woman. That's not going to propel her to the White House. Okay, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's, that's not going to happen. So that explains, again, part of Trump's appeal. Trump, Trump had made this statement about, about Muslim immigration, and, uh, and I'm going to play a clip now. Uh, he sure said it better. Uh, I think what he sure said, particularly in terms of jobs, it would have been more effective if he said to ban all immigration indefinitely. And again, you could always qualify that. But it goes back to the jobs again, apart from any any considerations with terrorism, which is obviously, and you look at what's going on now in Germany, they've had over a million Muslims in. You could see the videos. You know, you could just search uh, Muslim immigrants, you know, rape. Germany, you just you do, do the searches. Uh, it's why it's a huge problem throughout uh, Western Europe when the Muslims have been relocated, and most of them are, are you know, it's not families. Well over seventy percent are men. Uh, Trump puts his finger on it, but again, it would be more effective. You just said ban all immigration indefinitely. But it's interesting. I'm going to play this clip after Trump did this. Again, the GOP establishment and others said it was yeah he was done, and then. His poll numbers once again went up. We watch this, and it's impossible to watch this gross incompetence. That I watch. We put out a statement a little while ago, and these people are going crazy. They won't report it properly. Shall I read the statement? Donald J. Trump is calling for now. Listen, you got to listen to this one because this is pretty, pretty heavy stuff, and it's common sense, and we have to do it. Remember the poll numbers: twenty-five percent, fifty-one percent. Remember the poll numbers. Okay, so remember this. So listen. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Of representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. Americans here in the United States is justified. 
of that as part of the global jihad. They want to change your religion. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not going to happen. As part of the global jihad, and 51% of those polled agreed that Muslims in America should have the choice of being governed according to Sharia. You know what Sharia is? 51%. Sharia author, authorizes, and that, look, this is terrible. Sharia authorizes such atrocities as murder against non-believers who won't convert, beheadings, and more unthinkable acts that pose great harm to Americans, especially women. I mean, you look, especially women. Tough stuff. And we have a president that won't even mention the term. And you're talking about numbers like this. Mr. Trump stated, without looking at the various polling data, it's obvious to anybody the hatred is beyond comprehension of such a big portion. Where the hatred comes from and why we're going to have to figure it out. We have to figure it out. We can't live like this. It's going to get worse and worse. You're going to have more World Trade Centers. It's going to get worse and worse, folks. We can be politically correct and we can be stupid, but it's going to get worse and worse. Until we are able to determine and understand this problem and the dangerous threat it poses, our country cannot be the victim of horrendous attacks by people that believe only in jihad. These are people only believe in jihad. They don't want our system. They don't want our system. And have no sense of reason or respect for human life. They have no respect for human life. That's all right. He sounds like he's very exhausted. It's all right. Yeah, he's tired. So, they have no respect for human life. So we have to do something. Now, Trump, uh, Trump cited some stats there. I looked some others up. The What the cultural Marxist political correct crowd wants us to believe is that uh, Islam could be assimilated. Uh, it's anti-American to, uh, to even suggest that Islam is violent and that uh, uh, Islam uh, would not respect the rights of other people. Okay, so here, here's a few stats I came up with. Center for Social Cohesion. One-third of British Muslim students support killing for Islam. That's a third of British Muslim students. Okay, so how much, how many have assimilated there in the UK? Policy exchange, one-third of British Muslims believe anyone who leaves Islam should be killed. It's only a third in the UK, British Muslims. NOP research, 78% of British Muslims support punishing the, the publishers of Muhammad cartoons. Pew Research, 2010. 84% of Egyptian Muslims support the death penalty for leaving Islam. 86% uh, of Jordanian Muslims support
support the death penalty for leaving, leaving Islam in Jordan. 30% of Indonesian Muslims support the death penalty for leaving Islam. 76% of Pakistanis support the death penalty for leaving Islam. And 51% of Nigerian Muslims support the death penalty for leaving Islam. Terrorism Research Institute. 51% of mosques in the U.S., 51% of mosques in the United States have texts, texts on site rated as severely advocating violence. 30% have texts rated as moderately advocating violence, and 19% have no violent texts at all. Pew Research, 2013, 19% of Muslim Americans believe suicide bombings in defense of Islam are at least partially justified. The global average is 28%. Uh, another poll, 2013, one in five Muslims in Austria and Europe, one in five Muslims in Austria believe that anyone wanting to leave Islam should be killed. USA polling company, CSP, 2015, 24% of Muslim Americans say that violence is justified against those who offend Islam. Polling company, CSP, 2015, 29% of Muslim Americans agree that violence against those who insult Muhammad or the Quran is acceptable. So this is the lie again that uh, Islam uh, can be assimilated uh, anywhere. And, of course, not all Muslims believe that, but a sizable portion do. And I do stress those numbers for uh, British Muslims as well as American Muslims that hold those views. Yet, at the same time, people in Washington, it's not just the Obama administration, Trump was widely criticized for saying that. Um, they're saying, well, you know, just let people in. It's the humane thing to do. Just let people in while they continue to treat American citizens as guilty until proven innocent while they while they basically molest us in the airports while we have continue to see internal travel restrictions and things like that. No. Uh Trump was interviewed Trump was interviewed by Alice Jones and as I said when I was speaking with Pudgy and I'm glad he uh I'm glad he chimed in. Glad we had that exchange. Trump had nothing to gain by going on the Alice Jones show. He was already the front runner. Most politicians, most people in D.C., even if they agree with anything that Alex Jones is saying, they, they avoid him like the plague. They just don't want to go on Walter Jones again. North Carolina's Walter Jones is a patriot. He's one of the few uh, exceptions. He'll go on, go on the Alex Jones show. And Walter Jones most recently has been on the Alex Jones show talking about the 28 pages from the 9-11 Commission report that were redacted. And in all probability, if those 28 pages are released, it will show that Saudi Arabia was even more culpable for what happened on 9/11. But getting back to Trump, in this in part of this uh, part of this part of this interview with Alex Jones, they uh, they openly discuss Alex talks to him about uh, yeah legitimacy factor you know what why should people believe Trump is real? And of course, any politician can say anything, but once again. Uh, you know someone by their enemies and the fact that the Republican establishment as well as Democrats and oftentimes use the same talking points against Trump. That speaks volumes, I think, as to his authenticity. But it's interesting. Uh, this is interesting as far as not just that he went on the Alice Jones show. To me, that, that said a lot. But what he said, what he said in his defense. By design. Specifically, I don't want to bring up detractors, and it's a question I had early on, but then I did more research, and I understand that you really do want to save this country where your children and grandchildren live, but let's expand on this. There are certain pundits out there saying you played golf with Bill Clinton, 
And so, you you know, you've, you you had to do business in New York, so you said nice things about Hillary. I get keeping your enemies closer when you're not, you know, in politics. I get it. I understand. I think that's what you did. But but tell us specifically, and I, and I don't think this now. I've seen it. I know you're for real. You wouldn't be saying the things you're doing. They're scared of you. The whole system's coming out against you. But, but promise us that you're not going to drop out at the key moment keeping all the other Republicans out of view, and then Hillary races to the head or, or Jeb Bush does. Because, as you know, folks are claiming they're a Clinton operative. You know, I've never heard that. I, I, I heard it actually a few months ago, but I've hit her harder than anybody times 10, if you look at me. I was a businessman. You know, I've only been a politician for five months. I hate to use the term because, you know, it's all You're a statesman. But I've just been doing this for a very short period of time. I was establishment. You know, I was like a guy like you would say, Trump is total establishment. And I was a big owner of a lot of different Republicans. But over the years, I've given to Democrats, I've given to Republicans, I've given to everybody because I had an obligation. I was a businessman. One of the magazines recently called me a world class businessman. The truth is, I did. I built an unbelievable company, a tremendous assets, tremendous, not only that, iconic assets. Very little debt, tremendous cash flow. It's a great company. And by the way, people now see how good when I did the filing. Everyone said, oh, he'll never file, he'll never file. It's almost 100 pages long. And it's an unbelievable company. So I built it, which, by the way, the reason I say that, that's the kind of thinking our country needs. But I got along great with Clinton. I got along great with Harry Reid. I got along great with everybody. Because when I needed them, I didn't want to have them. Argument. I didn't want to have somebody say, well, Clinton didn't want it to happen. Sure, you're not a loser. You don't get in mindless fights. You move forward with your agenda. But now you see America in trouble, and you're, hey, yeah. that's all sideline now. Donald Trump's not working for Donald Trump. He wants to work for America. Yeah, as a businessman, you couldn't have even functioned if you don't get along. No, with I know. Yeah. Example, in New York City, it's 95% Democrat. I mean, if, if I didn't get along with the Democrats, I wouldn't have one. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, you did want the vice president. You know, a position that's come out decades ago behind the scenes. I mean, I know you're a Republican. What about libertarianism? What's your so again? Anyone running at any time could say anything. It would be like the standing joke: when is a politician lying? When their lips are moving. But again, Trump, uh, Trump with his money that he had, uh, it could just be for power. But why would he run? Uh, why would he run like this? Why would he? Why would he say some of these things, uh, common sense things about the border, about immigration, about the economy? And again, with the border not being secured, I go back to even uh, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul saying we still need more foreign workers. I don't know what planet they're on. I just I I don't know in this economy why you would say the United States needs one foreign workers. Other countries, yeah. You know, very stringently protect uh, their economy, and they don't let any foreign workers in unless it is proven it is a job that a national could not perform. That's that's just not the case in the United States. So is Trump real? Uh, I, I guess uh, I guess we'd see over time. Another interesting fact about Trump, when you look at some of the support he's picked up, there's a lady named Diana Oreck. She's a Republican National Committee chair person, uh, say Republican National Committee chairwoman from Nevada, and she was a big Ron Paul supporter, uh, as was I. Initially, she had supported Rand, and yeah, now she's a very fervent Trump supporter, and her uh, her basic position is, uh, you know, Trump is, uh, he's, he's a nationalist in the proper sense, in the right sense. Uh, you go back to what have the people in office that are running for president now, what have they done?
you know, what have they done? And I think, in honest appraisal, is very little. It's uh, it's it's very little. Trump clearly isn't reading a script, and that's part of the reason. Uh, yeah, so many people just uh, identify with him, even when he does say things they disagree with. Uh, they see that as real. But uh, time will uh, time will tell. It'll be very interesting to see, as I mentioned with Pudgy, see how creative what the Republican National Committee does to attempt to deny him the nomination. As I said before, voter fraud is real in our country. I hate to say that's part of the mythology of America. It doesn't occur in our country. Yes, it does. Uh, Ron Paul won Iowa four years ago. That was stolen. Uh, yes, that's a fact. You could look into that. But you can only steal elections when they're close. When Trump's up or anyone's up by double digits, you can't steal those elections because then the people would start to wake up and see uh, the system's even worse than they thought. I would once again like to thank Pudgy for the opportunity to uh, host the show last Sunday, every night, last Sundays with Rocco P. My website is paradishift.net. That's P-A-R-D-P-A-R-A-D-S-H-I-F-T.net. I update that from time to time. And uh, I will see you next month and next week. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.